Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Darlington is supposed to be the meanest racetrack. This is Darlington International Raceway, the granddaddy of them all. This oval produced victors of uncommon valor. Cale Yarbrough and Dave Pearson are moving to a showdown. People are talking about it too tough to tame, and I said, if anybody's going to tame it, I'm going to try to tame it. Bill Elliott has won an additional $1 million. The lady in black has held up well. With all her southern spellbinding charm, this is a lady you'll never forget. Welcome to NASCAR America, Steve Latart, Jeff Burton, Dale Jarrett. All right, I'm ready. That's all it took for me. I'm fired up, ready to go down. One of my favorite racetracks of all time, and now what has quickly become one of my favorite weekends with all the history and the throwback. This year, from 1990 to 94 is kind of the era, so I'll give you all a little sneak that both you guys are in the throwbacks. I don't know how you feel about that, but what's it like to go down to Darlington? So I, I, I love Darlington. I grew up, uh, my dad used to take us to Darlington to watch races and used to sit in the grandstands, which now is turn two, used to be turn four, yeah. covered grandstands. Your ears are ringing for like a week oh, after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, to me, the history is so rich there. Uh, that track means so much to the history of, of racing. And very few fluke winners have happened at, at Darlington. You know, whether it's the Southern 500 or the 400, uh, they're both big races and they're hard to win. This one might have been a little bit of a fluke, but but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, tell the story. Why are you so excited? Because the right front is knocked completely off. Yeah. That thing. So it uh, it well we had we'd gone there and led a ton of laps in the past and couldn't win a race, save our life. Kept leading <laughs> laps, leading laps. We'd find a way to screw it up every time. And then we're coming, we're, we're dri- driving in turn three. It starts pouring down, raining, and I I'd knocked the wall down. Like I'm one of four or five that hit the wall. I'm leading the yeah. race. And I mean, it's destroyed. It needs a front snout. Like it's killed. <laughs> so I, I kept, I shoved her in third. Then I shoved her in second and kept the gas to it and kept going around. Eventually, you know, I had the, the red for the rain and it never quit raining. So that's how we won. We had to lead all those laps and then we didn't find a way to win some kind of weird way like that. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, well any way you can win at Darlington is a good way. Uh, such a tough track and probably, I'll do respect to David Pearson being the one and only that might have tamed it more than it bit you as a driver. Uh, I think the rest of us uh, were were in the negative side of that, no matter how many we might have won or or how much fun it was. But it was always such a child. I think that's just the best thing as a driver is that you knew what you had there, and it was still so very difficult. And as the speeds have gone up there because of how the technology and the tires have gotten better, it's even made it even more difficult. Really looking forward to this weekend. A lot of great paint schemes. So you mentioned the speeds going up. Imagine turn two with this package. Oh. How fast oh they are going to be going yeah. off of turn two. I mean, you know, Darlington is one of the few racetracks in the world where you drive in the corner, go wide open in the gas in one and then lift off the gas going to turn two. Like, that's crazy. You don't do that anywhere else. But with the package they're going to run this year, 
I mean, they are going to be rolling off turn two. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Well, and with that speed, I think it's going to be an interesting mix because you talk about Darlington, how challenging it was. I don't think it's completely inaccurate to say when they had to repave, they were forced to repave. It took a little bit of that kind of bite out of the Lady in Black. The pavement was new. Um, you could kind of run tires a long time. You saw some interesting pit strategies. Well, that is gone. When you look at the last couple races there, the old asphalt, even the look of the old asphalt is back. <laughs> the tires are going to wear. But where does that match up with all this downforce? I expect the falloff to even be bigger because they'll go so fast to start. Like, I think one and two is going to be close to wide open. Maybe not the exit of two, but across the top of one and two. And then you get down in three, we're going to see more throttle carried than we ever have. So when you talk about the difficulty of Darlington, the track conditions, I think, are back to the historic Darlington we've always seen. Yeah, I think a little bit back to what was the Bush series at the time of running V when we had V6 engines and things, that you literally threw one and two now, you, you could run those pretty close to wide open. But it was a handful. Of course, we didn't have nearly the downforce that they have or didn't know anything about it, really. But we might have had some, just didn't realize <laughs> that. But uh, it, it was such a challenge to drive those things. So I think even though the speeds are still going to be greater than that. But so, so you hear the drivers talk about with this package how bad the cars drive behind other cars. So mm -hmm. at racetracks, they keep finding a way to run different grooves. How are you going to run different grooves here? No. Right? So, so. Well, there's two grooves. There's so, the apron and the track, I think, right. and the two grooves. So, so in three and four, we've seen people yeah, run against yeah. the wall and, and down even below the apron. But yeah. in one and two, the only person I can see that makes lap time running lower than other people is Kevin Hart. Kevin he finds a way yeah. to do that. But I think that this racetrack is made even more difficult because of this aero package, where I think a lot of people think, well, they're going to make a lot of downforce and they're going to drive better. You said it's, they're going to, it's going to wear the tires out. And then when you're behind another car through one and two, you're going to have your hands completely full trying to negotiate your way through there. Yeah. So the other thing that I think makes this race extremely difficult is where it is on the schedule. And in two weeks, we're going to set a playoff field. So when you look at the playoffs, right, you have some huge names, right? Jimmy Johnson, Clint Boyer currently on the outside looking in. Daniel So think about that. Veterans on the outside looking in. Younger drivers, Daniel Suarez, only two above. Ryan Newman, veteran driver, a lot of experience. I'm not saying they're going to try to tame the racetrack, but I really think this is a racetrack that you need to go down there. If I was a crew chief for either of those four cars, we wouldn't even talk about who we're racing. Because who we're racing is 1.366 miles long. It's very narrow, and at any point, it could end your playoff hopes. I know stages are important. We talk about all this week. Not this week. This yeah. week, it'd be... The goal is to have a right side and four tires on it with about 100 <laughs> to go, and we'll work on it from there. Because I think if you get in any of that other stuff, if you get caught up in any of those other storylines, this track will bite you. That exit of two comes up like that. The exit of two comes like that, and pit road comes up like that. How yes. many times do we see people mess up on the green flag stops? Mm -hmm. th this racetrack is full of places that will reach out and bite you, plain and simple. And, 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 you know, th and at the same time, like, I don't think Jimmy Johnson can afford to have that, that strategy. Dude, he has to push. Yeah, I think he has to push. And, I, and my experience at Darlington, well, maybe this worked for me because I didn't drive as aggressively as other people, but if I wasn't pushing, if I wasn't trying 100%, I wasn't making near the lap time I needed to. Mm -hmm. And so, and it gets you out of your rhythm. Like, you have to run so close to the wall. When you start trying to back up your speed a little bit, it just gets you out of your rhythm. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know that you can go there and not attack. I hear what you're saying. Uh, but I think if you're Jimmy Johnson, you 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 got to get all the points you can get. Yeah, I think you I think you have to be on the offense there. But yeah, I think we're gonna 
hear a word that we don't hear much other than at Daytona and Talladega, uh, that attrition. I, I think because of this package and how hard they are going to have to drive these cars and with the tire wear, I think we're going to see more incidents on the track and, and contact and, and that's going to take people out uh, because it, it might not be a terrible uh, amount of damage, but it might be more than they can fix in the, the um, lot of amount of time that they have. So I think that if you can stay and keep your car clean right. while you're attacking, then you've got a chance to make up a lot of points. Well, I hope our old buddy Dale Jr. is not watching the show because he confirmed today that he will <laughs> race the number eight Xfinity for Junior Motorsports. Uh, in the Xfinity race at Darlington. I pick on that because he picked one race to run each year. I don't know why he thought Darlington was the right one. We wish him um, all the best. You know why. Yeah, I know why. You know why. He yeah. likes to throw back. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, you know, to his – the one interesting thing is is on Saturday, and, and he hasn't really got to feel this yet, that composite body – you yeah. can kind of hit the fence a few times, and it's all fine. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to have that on Sunday. But So you talked about the throwback schemes. Not only is it a great race, it's a Southern 500, but so much history. I mentioned it's from 1990 to 94. Well, let's take a look at some of the favorite throwback schemes that are going to run this weekend. And it starts with Martin Trex Jr.'s throwback to his 2004 Xfinity car with Dale Jr. Trex said about this scheme that without Dale Jr., he wouldn't be where he is today. Pretty cool looking car. It's very cool. And I, I like the fact that they went all in. I mean, it looks 100% like it other than the number. Well, if this is all in, then I'm going to ask if Corey LaJoy is going to grow the stash because he is throwing back to Dale Jarrett's 1990-91 Nestle Crunch Xfinity car. I'd be as scared yeah. to drive a Crunch anything at Darlington. Yeah, uh, but I did a few times, and probably it probably lived up to the name. But loved that, you know, that was my own race team, and so to be able to drive that, and that was at a critical time in my career too. I, I was running that car uh, until you know, basically full time until got the opportunity with the Wood Brothers. Well, if a fictitious Cole Trickle can get his first ever win <laughs> in Days of Thunder at Darlington, can William Byron take that paint scheme, the City Chevrolet paint scheme, to Victory Lane? I don't know. Can I, can you get your first ever win at Darlington? Uh. Few people have. It's going to be close, but you you saw this movie for the first time. Oh, this is a big week. Big yeah. week. I saw this movie. <laughs> so here's what happened. So so Dale Jr. went on his download and basically called me out that I had never seen Days of Thunder because I had not. Well, the fans on Twitter went crazy, said I had to see it. My wife was very disappointed. She said I had to see it. So last weekend, <laughs> the family sat down, watched Days of Thunder, and went back on the download today to give my opinions. I thought it was an a, I mean, a good, solid B-plus movie. So would it be, would, am I going to get a bunch of hate mail when I say that I've never seen it either? Oh, boy, you hear all hear that? <laughs> I've burned on Twitter never seen Days of Thunder. I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole movie. Oh, you have to get I'm sorry. Take a little time. Watch. Now that I've seen it, I can look down my nose Just give at you. Give me the you. cliff notes. <laughs> all right. After the show, I'll give you the cliff notes. So a lot of great paint schemes, but this one here I think is extra special. Bubba Wallace is going to throw back to Adam Petty's 1998 Arca Wind car the 15th anniversary of Victory Junction Camp. Uh, it was such a great paint scheme. And then have everybody on hand to unveil it. Um, you see right here the King and Kyle, uh, Kerry Tharp from the racetrack, and Bubba Wallace. Guys, uh, anybody wants to support Victory Junction, it's just victoryjunction.org. Such a cool scheme. Uh, you know, this, this brings back a lot of emotions for, I think, the whole sport. Uh, Adam was uh, such a nice young man, always had a great smile on his yeah. face. and. Uh, touched so many people, and his legacy continues today. And like Steve said, if you can help, uh, VictorJunction.org is a great place to go help. They do great work. Yeah, you know, it, it's a great-looking car, but but it, it's the winner in, in a lot of 
for a lot of different reasons for all of us, especially here, uh, that, that knew that young man. And what, a, as you said, what a great young man he was and, and excellent race driver he was going to be. It was yeah. going to be fun to follow that career. But uh, uh, this is great. Well, I'm excited to get down there. Can't wait to see those schemes up close this weekend. But first, lots ahead today on NASCAR America. We're going to take a look back at Christopher Bell's Road America victory. I think a huge victory. And could Bell be one of the names to watch during NASCAR's silly season? Nate Ryan's going to join us and talk about that. And also, we'll chat a little motocross with the motocross champ from the 250, Adam Cincerello. acres of fun. That's Wisconsin's Road America. And we go green. Now a big lockup by Justin Allgaier. He is into the gravel. Custer off the track and into the sand trap. Whoa, three wide. That's not going to work for long. There's nothing really on the line here right now for Christopher Bell. It's not time to force the issue. Trouble up front. Sindrick pushing Bell down hard into the corner. And Sindrick trying to stay challenging. And now he does get ahead of the 20 of Bell. Last corner takes a peek down there. Now Sindrick locks him up a little bit. Here comes Christopher Bell. Great pass by Christopher Bell. Breaks him with Wiggle. Oh, he gets into Almendinger. The 10 is spinning. And that second spot has changed hands. And Benedetto now in the second. Now looking for the checkered flag as there is a car off behind him. Win number six for Christopher Bell. And it's going to come at Road America. Thank you guys. Great job. Great car. And Matt DiBenedetto was the car off in the final corner. Are you excited? Road course, I know. You say you're not that good. You had two second place finishes now a win at road course. I guess I just get lucky on these things. That's <laughs> for sure. Christopher Bell, who is currently leading the Xfinity Series standings. Guys, he has been on fire the last 10 races. How about this? He's finished outside the top three only twice. Wow. I mean, that's impressive. You're going to get on a good streak. That is it. You see right there, currently leading the standings. Three more races until the playoff field is set for the Xfinity Series. But we've been fortunate enough to see Christopher Bell firsthand win a lot of races. DJ, you covered that one. But watching on TV, he was as excited as I think I had ever seen him. Like yeah. he had something to prove at a road course. Yeah, and, and well, he should be. And he can stop with the try. I'm trying to fool you that I'm not a good road racer anymore. So he's got <laughs> two seconds and a first. But this first was impressive. I mean, he had road racers all around him. Austin Sendrick, he passed him back after getting passed on the late race restart. A.J. Almaneg was all over him doing everything he could possibly do. He had Matt DiBenedetto uh, trying to chase him down there. And he fought all of this off. And he fought a brake issue all weekend from Saturday's practice sessions where he was locking up the tires, uh, especially down into turn five, um, and, but managed to get through all of that. Matter of fact, he started the race uh, from tires on the tires, the front tires that he had locked the brakes up on uh, in qualifying. And they elected because they only had three sets uh, that they could work with in practice. So he just kind of managed that first stage till they could get tires on. Jason Ratcliffe made a great call bringing him in uh, with two to go there or just four. I think they had three uh, to go whenever he brought him in and to get those tires off and he got his track position back. But what a drive he did. And, and I think He's impressive in a lot of ways at a lot of different tracks, uh, but that is as good as I've seen him. Uh, and he is a, a true road racer, I believe. And I think that he needed that for his confidence in moving up to the, if indeed, which I think we all know he's moving up. <laughs> so but I, I, the reason I think it meant so much to him was because he has had difficulties with it, right? It is A road race is very difficult. And, and 
he's had to work hard to get good at it. But yep. that work has yielded a result. And now he is really good at it. And he's trying really hard to convince you he's not, right? Yeah. He's, he's setting <laughs> expectations as low as he can, but his results are not going to let him do that. It, yeah. The results are that he is good at it. Uh, and, and, you know, listen, Austin Cindric is a really, really good road racer. I mean, he's really good. Yeah. And Christopher Bell took the fight to him. And that's that's a credit to Austin, you know, that, that, that he set the stage, right? Bell had to go take him down. And also, Almondinger, I mean, some really good road racers there. Christopher Bell should be proud of that win. Think yeah. about the confidence that 22 car has in their driver of Austin Cindric coming to put tires on with, what, three or four oh. laps to go yeah. and drive all the way to <laughs> yeah. second. And good thing for Christopher Bell that it was two and not three before yes. they restarted because I think he would have got the leader. But when you talk about road courses, we talk about many different versions. We have the Roval, Watkins Glen, Sonoma. Uh, Xfinity has even a different schedule. This track, there's something about it. First of all, the fans are great. It's a yeah. great area of the country. But it has, like, that low-grip pavement, very fast corners, some really tight corners. It has this interesting mix, and it's so big that I wonder if it's a little bit harder to try to remember every little nook and cranny of that big surface that you have to race around. I think that's what impressed me the most is mm-hmm. – and it was a different competitor. You know, he didn't get to race yeah. Matty D all day and learn one guy. It was him, then it was the 10, then it was the 22. But there was also something, guys. It's funny how racing works. So much conversation about Christopher Bell <laughs> and Matt Benedetto. Matt comes off a spectacular run at Bristol. We were there. I thought at, for a moment he was going to win the cup race, the night race at Bristol. Relished the opportunity to drive that Gibbs car. Unfortunately for Matt, he made one mistake in the last corner on the last lap. But up until that mistake... He took the fight to all these guys and I think tried to make the most of the opportunity. He, he, listen, he did a really good job. Yeah, he, did, he, did. he made a few mistakes because he was pushing hard, and, and you know, that's what you do. And the road courses tend to do that. And this one, he said, was the biggest rookie mistake he'd ever made in his life. <laughs> and we've all done it. Like, yeah. we've all done that. Yeah. And, you know, here's a guy that, that is racing for his racing life, yeah. right? And so he was pushing hard and pushed a little too hard. I'm not going to criticize him for that. No. You know what I mean? That's, that's what we want of our race car drivers. We want them to be pushing hard, giving 100%. And he did a good job. He didn't get the win, but he did a really good job. He showed himself again yes. that he can that he can be competitive and be successful. Yeah, I look at what happened there on that last corner of the last lap as something that just happens. It, it, again, it happens to all of us. And But it wasn't going to change. If he finishes second, it wasn't going to change anything about what may happen for him, just as if, if he would have won that race. That really wasn't going to change anything either. It's kind of been set. Everybody knows how talented he is, and he can get the job done. It's just a matter of... Where, who's going to take that chance and give him that opportunity to prove that he can, can run in the Cup Series full-time? And I mean, he's proven it right now, but who's going to take that chance? So I know I'm going to be Mr. Negative here because everybody is on the Matty D bandwagon, and I agree that he deserves an opportunity. And I have gone on the record to say there are a bunch of drivers that should be very worried because I would give Matt a lot of different drivers' seat in the Cup Series. But I think what I was, I was somewhat on the fence about and it confirmed this weekend is he wouldn't get Christopher Bell's seat. And, and I know that's an unpopular statement, and people get disappointed with Joe Gibbs and Toyota and whatever they're doing with Eric Jones and Christopher Bell and where all the, where the shells may lie. What I saw is in what I consider equal equipment, while Christopher Bell has a few more races in the Xfinity car this year, I, he proved to me with his sixth win at now a road course that I'm ready to ha- – he, he deserves a shot. I know Matt yeah. deserves a shot too, but, but I'm not willing to take it away from Christopher Bell to give it to Matt. 
There are other drivers I'm willing to take it away from, but Joe Gibbs Racing and more specifically Toyota is in a great place with a lot of great drivers. Yeah. You know, last year when Christopher Bell got in this 20 car, he was not, that, when they went to a road course the first time, he was not very good. He admitted that, and he wasn't very good in the next one. But they kept working, and Jake, Jason Radcliffe and Chris Sherwood, who's the car chief, they were telling me about that. You know, they, they couldn't really tune the car. They were having to get their driver up to speed before they could really make changes to the car. But that, talking to them earlier this year, and especially after Watkins Land, they said, our driver's a lot better now. We're able to do things to make the car better for him to be better. And so that all kind of culminated on Saturday afternoon at a very difficult road course that has a lot of different things. High speed and and very slick racetrack and, you know, turn five all the way down to first gear. So you had to do a little bit of everything, and he did it the best of anyone else. Well, Jeff, and I'll challenge you, 15 or 20 years ago, I feel that a cup-level driver could throw the towel in on the road courses. I'd say, I'm just not yeah. that good. Yeah. Not right? Anymore. So Ricky not Rudd's going to be good, and Jeff, and Jeff Gordon's going to be good, and Ernie Irvin's going to be good, but I'm not going to be good. With as many road courses as we see on Saturday, and now with the Roval in the playoffs on Sundays, I don't think a driver can just say, ah, yeah. I'm just not that good there. It's th- in Xfinity, it's three in the regular season and one in the playoffs. Yeah. And now it's two in Cup and, and one in the playoffs. I think you have, to, you have to work hard to be a better road racer. And it's just, they're just too important. And getting, getting back to the other conversation, you know, the, th- the, thing that, the thing that bothered me about the conversation with Matty D and Christopher Bell revolving around Levine family racing, like why, what fans are on the owner of this team doing <laughs> what he thinks is best for his team? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. I, I'm, a, I'm a Matty D fan. I, 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 really, I respect him. That dude gives 100%. I think oh. he should be in a cup ride, and I'm with you. I think there's some seats out there that he should be taking. But – but that shouldn't be at the cost of Christopher Bell. No. And, 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 if, and if it helps the Levine family racing to bring Christopher Bell in, he'd be crazy not to. You're bringing in a guy that many of us that think that could be a, a, a cup superstar. You'll bring him into your program, make your program better, bring in some funding, make your program better. That's why he's in this, right? Mm-hmm. He spent millions and millions of his own money to get to this opportunity. Yeah. And I, I, I feel bad for Matty D., but I feel great for for Levine fans. The guy, the guy that yeah. that's what this that's what yeah. this sport's about. And and if if Maddie D doesn't get a ride, that's not that's not Levine family race's fault. They gave him a ride. They gave him a shot to show what he can do. Now now he's out there. He's a free agent. Somebody should pick him up. But we shouldn't blame the racing team that said, "Hey, we have an opportunity to bring in a Christopher Bell that could go win championships, could go compete at a high level." And also bolster our relationship with Toyota, bolster our relationship with Joe Gibbs Racing. We shouldn't blame him for making that well, move at all. No. I'll go the opposite. We should applaud him. Well, I'll go the opposite. Yeah, I actually think yes. that what the, the unpopular decision that the 95 is making proves to me that maybe this team is ready to take the next step. Right? Because to take the next step in this sport, yeah. it, it's not all. I've had to let good friends go because they weren't the best possible person for that position. You had to move teams. You've had to move teams. We've all yeah. made career decisions. So the fact that the 95 is willing to make this big of a decision tells me that maybe it's the next team trying to separate itself and joined the big four or five teams we see consistently running up front. Yeah, so I know we're going to get into talking about drivers and and what may happen uh, for next year and and who might be where. But how about this? Is it time for the uh, an owner can't have more than four cars 
uh, within his organization. Is it time for that to go away? Is that antiquated and, and out of date now, especially because we concentrate on these? Should Joe Gibbs and Rick Hendrick and others uh, be allowed to have five cars if they have that? Because that certainly wouldn't even affect this situation. So I don't know if it's open and, and could help their teams more. That's you know that's a problem when you make a rule based on the current situation. You know they made a rule only four on a driver can only have four, or owner can only have four teams because of the situation economically that those teams were in at that point. But right now today, our sport would be better if Joe Gibbs had five. Roush yes. had four. Oh, you know what I mean? Yes. Right now, our sport would be better. Yes. Now, 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. That's right. And that's the problem when you make rules based on what you have right now today and not look far out at what could happen in the sport. I, you know, I agree with you. I, I think if, if Joe Gibbs or Roger Penske, if, if they had an opportunity to have five or 16, so what? Yeah. I mean, listen, not eight or nine. I get it. Yeah. But, you know, what's the magic number? And in today's world, you know, I just I wouldn't have any problem with it at all. Well, if you're going to talk silly season and we're going to talk whether that's a good rule or not, I think we should invite Nate Ryan because he's course. the guy that has all the information. Yes. So after the break, we're going to be joined by Nate Ryan for more silly season talk. And perhaps could there be a shakeup at SHR? My track, my route. The one that I raced at the most is Lakeside Speedway. Kansas City, five miles down the road from, you know, Kansas Speedway right there. Old river bottom, you know, black clay, man, it pull your shoes off. It grip and rip. So I grew up racing on two wheels. I didn't care what kind of racetrack. It's like being at the, you know, if there was a competition to be held, I wanted to be in front of it and I wanted to win it. It wasn't until I was 16 that, that I started racing cars. Built this old piece of crap street stock car. And man, every night after work, we were working on that thing and I just fell in love with it. Take me home. Everybody starts somewhere. The, the NASCAR Weekly Racing Series was, was definitely it for me. Um, it gave me an opportunity to, uh, to make a, not only a name for myself at that track, uh, it gave me an opportunity to make a name for myself regionally and nationally. Lakeside Speedway. Might have to take a trip there, Burton, when we go to Kansas. Let's take a look at the playoff standings. Boyer is one of two Stuart Haas drivers right on the playoff bubble. He trails his teammate, Daniel Suarez, by just two points for the final playoff spot. And we promised the man, the myth, the legend. Here we have him, Please. Nate Ryan, the <laughs> smartest one at the panel currently. So we'll let you start. All right, well, all this silly season, what do you know? Well, here's what I know. And by the way, you outscored me on the SATs, so I'm not uh, the smartest well. person here. You guys mentioned Matt DiBenedetto. He's the one that we know isn't going to be back in the current ride, 95. Here's some other drivers that we're not sure about. Uh, Kurt Busch told us at Bristol that he isn't set for next year. Still waiting to hear news on Clint Boyer, Daniel Suarez, both of those drivers with Stuart Haas Racing. Both of them currently unsigned for next year. Suarez has an option with the team. Uh, Boyer needs to sign a new deal. And then Tyler Reddick, I think we're all expecting he will race cup next season. He's made his intentions clear there. We're just not really sure what team. So I think where I'd start with you guys here is I, I think there's a lot of curiosity about Boyer. Because, you know, he's sat at this desk on NASCAR America Motor Mouths and talked about how Stuart Haas Racing is the perfect fit for him. And he reiterated this at Bristol. He said, I'm in a good spot. All the pieces of the puzzle are at this team. But right now, it's sponsorship. So 
We're a little bit late in the game, I think, uh, for silly season to still be talked about. Where do you guys feel like Boyer is right now with that team? Well, I don't disagree that he's at the correct team and all the pieces of the puzzle are available, but they are not clicked together in the right order. It's not making a very clear picture to me. I mean, for as talented as he is, as an organization as good as SHR is, we shouldn't be talking about the playoff bubble. I know we are with Jimmy Johnson and some other big names, but Jimmy Johnson has seven trophies on the the shelf that perhaps gives him a, a few buys. Clint Boyer does not. He's never won a championship. I think he's very talented, but at some point, I know we talk a lot about sponsorship and it does drive the conversation, but I love to believe in my heart of hearts, it still comes down to performance at times. And I think that SHR and Clint Boyer, they got to make the playoffs if they think they're going to go convince a new partner to show up on that race car. I may be wrong, but that's my two cents on it. I'm looking at a, a, a must-make playoff situation for Clint Boyer. Well, his teammate Daniel Suarez, kind of the same way, right? I mean, I would Daniel, agree. you know, right? Daniel Suarez is, is, you know, again driving for a really good organization, needs to be in the playoffs. Uh, but both of those teams have kind of floundered around this year. They just haven't shown. I think Clint's outrun them, but hasn't. They've had a lot of issues. But at some point, you have to have success. But one thing about Gene Haas and this team, he'll wait. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, we yeah. you said you the last said two years this is getting that. late, yeah. but not for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll wait till January before he fills all these seats. Or I'm not saying he's going to, but he's done it in the past, and he won't get in a rush. Yeah. And when the owner is the sponsor, you sort of have that luxury. Mm-hmm. And when he when Gene Haas is footing the bill for whoever's going in that car, he can he can wait till January. Yeah. When you're the man that's paying the bills, you can do whatever you want, however you want to go about it. At, you know, Clint Boyer. I think is a very talented driver that has the capabilities of winning at any point in time on most any racetrack that, that we go to. So I, I'm wondering who you have in place that you feel like you can fill that seat. It, it's, it, it's unusual that there, there's not another change within that team. And I'm not saying that he needs a new crew chief, but that it seems at times they're not on the same page there. And I, I don't want to see anybody lose their job, either one of them, the crew chief or the driver. But um, you, you want to seldom that the the, crew, the driver is the one that goes before another change is made. But we all know that it's a lot of it is, as you point out, about sponsorship dollars and, and making all of this work. And how do you go about that? Well, and, and at Stuart Haas is Cole Custer exactly. in the Xfinity yeah. Series. And, yeah. and the owner said, you know, I believe it was last year or the year before, said, you know, before he goes to Cup, he needs to be winning. He's winning. Yeah. yeah like, right? right? Yeah. So I, it'd be really hard not to be looking and saying, okay, there's a guy that I think can be the future, and he, he's earned his spot. So where does he go? Well, so that's a struggle I have is when I look at that organization, I, I don't know if I'm looking at Blue Sky with Daniel Suarez because there's a few more unknowns mm-hmm. than Clint Boyer. Or if I'm looking at more of a guarantee with Clint Boyer. So if Cole Custer's moving in to one of the four cars, I think, you know, it's going to be one of those two seats, in, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I'm not sure which, but um, I'm with you. I, I think Clint Boyer's resume almost deserves a shakeup at the team level. I was a part of it. Look, it's part of the deal. When you sign up as a crew chief, you, I went winless with Jeff Gordon. Guess what? You get a different driver because you don't go winless with Jeff Gordon, right? Like, like welcome to be in the different, head, or a different job, or a different job. I mean, welcome to be in the head coach of one of these teams, and all the crew chiefs know it. But another name that jumps out. We've been talking a lot about SHR, but Kurt Busch. So, so the opposite of Kurt Busch, right? We question the performance of maybe Clint Boyer and Daniel Suarez and the lack of victory lane. Kurt Busch goes everywhere and runs better. He ran better. At Harry Scott, which moved him to SHR, better at SHR, which somehow ended up at Chip Ganassi Racing. And now, 
I have him running better than the one did last year. He has a win. He's in the playoffs. What are you hearing from Kurt Busch? Yeah, it's interesting because we know that Monster, his sponsor for most of the races this year, is a very close relationship with, and he had them at Stuart Haas. He brought that company with him to Ganassi. So you would think that that is a factor. And generally when a driver has sponsorship tied to him, uh, and when haven't they came out as not they're not in the title running anymore? I, so you would it, think they yeah, have an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Like NASCAR probably is not going to have them be a part of that big uh, entitlement sponsorship structure that they'll have starting next year. Uh, the interesting situation there, uh, much like Cole Custer at Stuart Haas, much like Christopher Bell with Gibbs in the DiBenedetto situation, much like uh, in the case of Richard Childress Racing, Tyler Reddick, you have all these drivers in the Xfinity Series, these up-and-comers, I think, are putting some pressure on the Cup veterans. I think with Ganassi, uh, Ross Chastain is, an, is a name that l- lurks out there. I mean, that was the team he would have driven for this year full-time in Xfinity. Uh, he said that he still is doing things with Ganassi this year. I think that Ganassi has an option there that if Kurt Busch weren't to return, I think a lot of people would think Ross Chastain might be somebody who's maybe ready to run full-time in, in Cup. Wow. I, 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 he may be hesitating on this because I, I think Kurt Busch has the possibilities to go deep into these playoffs. I, I really believe that he has the talent and the ability to, to do a, a lot of damage as far as moving forward and maybe knocking some people out in a couple of rounds. And, and you know, I'm not going to say he's going to race for that championship, but Ganassi might be waiting to see. You know, you don't want to let the a guy that's racing for the championship down there go, I wouldn't think, but you never know. We've seen the, we've seen the winning crew chief that's go right. down there knowing I he already said it was going to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> he won a championship. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, Daniel Hemrick the other day, at, at, I believe at Bristol, Daniel yes. Hemrick said his deal, you know, his still questions. Like, he, yeah. he didn't have his situation He has a contract up. through 2020, but yet he said he feels iffy about next season. I think that's directly related to what Richard Childress has said about Tyler Reddick. We want Reddick to be in a cup car, in one of our cup cars. And obviously, if he is, that could present a, a squeeze play situation for, for Daniel Hemry. Well, contracts are only as good as what it costs somebody to tear the contract up. <laughs> I mean, let's just be clear, the contract yeah. and raising. So, so one name that you mentioned on your graphic there who has said, look, I'm out. I'm done. David Reagan. And, yeah. and him basically stepping out of this car has opened a seat up that I'm not sure any of us had open. Uh, I mean, I didn't see any reason why David Reagan would be replaced. Seems like he got along well with the race team, uh, very well spoken, great with the sponsors, performing to the level in which I think that race team hopes to perform to. Everyone wants to run better, but I don't feel like he's underperforming to the budget. So now the question is, he completely steps out. That is a full-time ride that has opened up that I think is going to get a big-name driver. I think someone's going to fill that role because it, I won't say it's their only option. I'll say it's their best option. So the, 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 that is how this always works is what is the first move, Yeah, right? Yeah, one's going to fall. We, we know Matty D, right? That was, a, that was a move. And then when it gets filled, that's the second move. And when that seat gets filled, confirmed filled, then what's the next one? Because that'll, that'll make a decision on the next one, right? And, and, you know, who can get it done first? Who can get the sponsorship put together? Who can get everything put together? That'll be the first ball to drop. And when that happens, they'll just start falling out. In my mind, the pressure relief valve. So I don't have a big question mark about the Eric Jones situation um, with Christopher Bell because the 95 is kind of open. I'm not saying I know who's going to go in there, but I see five seats and five drivers. So that's kind of yeah. relatively easy. The big question for me is Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer. Those are the two that I think the pressure of them moving up yeah. is much higher than the pressure of anybody staying. So the first one that finds that deal together to move up a series, it's going to send waves to the Cup Series. So I came into the sport because somebody lost their job, 
and I went out of this sport because somebody got a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it's always been. I'm always sure the same been. thing happened yeah, with you. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And Nate's going to eventually keep us informed <laughs> and tell us exactly. As, well, he's going to know before we're going to know. So we've got to keep about him that. on all of these shows. You guys have really good sources as well, better than mine. But I do think Custer, uh, Bell, and Reddick, I think all three of those guys, we know Bell will be. Yeah. But I think the other two are definitely yeah. in cup next year. You want to increase so. pressure? Yeah. Trophies. The yep. more they win, the more the pressure goes up, <laughs> and they're going to win. If we can get – that'd be a great rookie of the year battle. It will be. Like, we yeah. need a great right. rookie. That would yeah. be so much one. fun to yes, watch. for sure. You know what's going else is going to be fun to watch? Coming up, we're going to hear Jeff Burton's rendition <laughs> of Take Me Home, Country Roads. That's the story <laughs> I hear. That's right. West Virginia is up next in our 50 states in 50 states. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> somebody had hacked our WordPress account. And my, I'm like, who, I, who do I have to call to get this story taken down that Andrew Luck is retiring? And it's like, before I do that, let me just see if, there, if this is true. And it's like, oh my God, it's true. One of my buddies goes, did you guys just see that on the bottom of the screen? And we're like, no. And this is how we know we're meatheads. We're too into the football game. He goes, and you can't just read. Said breaking. Yeah, and I can't read. Me play football. Uh, <laughs> and it was really that shocking. One of those moments that I truly will never forget where I was when it happened. Listen, I know we're the racing guys, but that was huge. Andrew oh Luck hanging up the helmet. I mean, this is like, I know we had Carl Edwards probably is the biggest guy that surprised yeah. retired, but this is like leaving Daytona testing and, and I don't know, Jeff Gordon or, or, or Kevin Harvick just said, ah, you know what, I'm done. Had enough. I've decided I'm done. Yeah, especially being a Colts fan as I am, that's... That was big. But. So, listen, I'm a Patriots fan, and even I don't wish this on the Colts. I mean, it, I mean, that's tough to lose your starting quarterback. It's tough to lose your starting quarterback this late in the season, but how about the fans booing him? Oh, come yeah, on, man. Yeah. That's hey, rough. Keep He's it classy, him. Indy. Like that, you know, yeah. like, come on, man. I, there's no reason he to He has been through guy. a lot. Been yeah, through a lot been in through his a years. lot, and he has a reason he's retiring, and he's been in a lot of pain, and you know, I, I that just wasn't that wasn't cool in my opinion. You no, know, that part of it wasn't. No. Well, it was big news. But speaking of Florio, today's 50 States tour takes us to his home state of West Virginia in Tyler County Speedway. Is this where Jeff sings? I think this is where Jeff is supposed okay. to sing, but we're gonna let him off. This high banked quarter mile dirt oval has been around since 1974. It has an elbows up, fender banging, nostalgic feel. The local legend is the late Earl Hill. With more than 300 feature wins, he is considered the most successful late model racer in the track's history. And they're known for big time events. There are two that stick out. The Mega, where over 70 grand is given out over three days, and the 51st running of the Hillbilly 100 this weekend, a West Virginia tradition. It's considered to be the granddaddy of all late model racing. Last year's winner, Braden Overton, Tacoma Cool, $50,000. Nice. Man, those those uh, wow. super dirt, super late mile dirt racers, they race for a lot of money. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You know, we talk about trophies and all that. We just watch the golfers come and all the money for the golfers. The dirt racers, they chase, they chase the checks. When they go racing, there's some big <laughs> checks in dirt racing. Yeah, they all show up, and they put on just a hell of a show. It's so much fun to watch. You know why? I mean, because they pack the stands, they can pay that kind of money to those guys, and they do a great job. Well, they absolutely do. And as always... My track, my route, such a great campaign. We got some more pictures that have sent in. How about this? The VA Motor Speedway in Jamaica, Virginia. This place is another big check right there. Three grand. See, it continues. And if you're going to have big checks, where else than have a big check than <laughs> Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the boring out in Las Vegas, Nevada? You hope you leave with it. Yeah, you hope you just get your check back out of town. And then Lancaster Speedway <laughs> and Dragway in Lancaster, New York. 
I like that with those little street stock. That's a good looking ride. I like yeah. that. A little Mac Tools decal. Everybody likes the Mac Tools. They all look good in Victory Lane, uh -huh. don't they? And Shady Bowl Speedway in DeGraff, Ohio. Another big check. We might have to build a car and start chasing checks. Those guys, if you went to their home track and raced them, they would kick oh, your yes. butt. Oh, I know. Do you know, I noticed they had a, lot of, a couple of those didn't have spoilers. Maybe we should do that in the Cup Series. No spoilers? Yeah. They already got the big the checks. <laughs> That's right. They got them. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, two things to really look forward to this week on NASCAR America. That's what's next after the break. Gloria Road returns tomorrow at 6 Eastern on NBCSN right after the Dale Jr. download. So much fun. Ray does such a great job. All so many great stories, great characters. Let's go sim racing at Iowa. Green flag in the air. So it's hot, it's slick. They're slotting around. He gets loose. He hooks the 17. Pretty much cleans him out. Causes a huge wreck. They're side by side off in the corner. But it is Nick Ottinger on the inside. Winner of the E-NASCAR iRacing All-Star Race. All right, that's what it sounded like a few <laughs> weeks ago, the E-NASCAR All-Star Race from Iowa. Everybody want to know what would cup cars look like at Iowa? Well, iRacing was able to deliver. And this Thursday, iRacing will deliver again the second All-Star Race for the E-NASCAR Series. This time, though, heading back to Rockingham, DJ. I know oh, you're a gosh. big fan of the Rock. Yeah, nowhere better. We need to go back there. Yeah, yeah. they're in Iowa. But let's put them on the schedule. We'd see some real racing. So this should be quite an event. I want to see how these guys handle it. I know how Jeff Burton was good there, too. But I, I love to race there. I just wore the tires out. So see if they have the same issues. So obviously, I'm partial. I have a team in the iRacing League. You have a team as well. But watching what those guys did at Iowa was really breathtaking. I mean, they, it's not beating and banging. It's not a video game like you think. This is simulation racing, sim racing. And these guys go out there, and the graphics, I mean, I'm not going to say it looks just like real life, but the racing looks just like real life. They're side drafting, crossover. It was basically door-to-door -door at the start-finish line. I was entertained. I thought it was a great race. To understand how hard it is for them to do what it is, just jump on your iRacing and go try to yeah. run a race. <laughs> and just look at the lap time they can make versus the lap time you can make. And, I mean... These guys are incredible how good they are. Parker's going to be in a race? Well, he's going to try to last longer than he did last time. Well, I mean, if he's going to be in, at least we'll have a caution. I mean, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, Parker did a good job. It just shows you how hard it is. Parker does a lot of eye racing, a lot of sim racing. But, but to race against these guys, these are the professionals. These are the yep. best in the business. And, you know, it'd be like you, you, you know, going and running a cup race after only running – you know, in, in a street stock series or something. This, this is the very best. Talent behind the wheel, and a lot of people support it. You have a team with Parker. I have a team. Kyle Long from the Chicago Bears has a team. Dale Jr. Uh, so people within the NASCAR spectrum, outside the NASCAR spectrum. So tune in this Thursday, the second annual All-Star Race from iRacing. You don't want to miss it. But coming right up, shout-outs. Jimmy Johnson's throwback scheme from Darlington. We're going to check it out when we come back. time of the show we're gonna give some shout outs and this one here goes to ally racing and jimmy johnson i'm gonna give the shout out to both of them because it takes a sponsor to commit to a great throwback scheme and jimmy johnson posted this video right here 
This is pretty cool, DJ. Oh, wow. What a great-looking car. And, uh, and if a driver just needs a little bit more confidence going to Darlington, of all places, and having something fun and good-looking that brings back great memories is a good way to get started at it. A little bit, little bit of advice for Jimmy, though. All four on the ground in the car. <laughs> <laughs> the truck, it was okay to get, yeah. get some elevation, but not, not in the car. Well, we're going to see. I think he does need a change of luck. Maybe a paint scheme will bring it. Sure. So the second shout-out, though, guys, you can't go to Darlington without talking about David Pearson, right? I mean, he, he was yep. the, the, the king. Richard Petty maybe the king of NASCAR. Well, this gentleman right here was the king of Darlington. Just unbelievable how good. I mean, he was good everywhere that he went, but this place he literally mastered. Uh, he, there were just things that he could do, uh, taking cars that weren't the best, that there were other cars, and outrunning them, and uh, he could just get it done. You try to follow him, and he would might let you for a lap or two, uh, whether it was in a cup car or an Xfinity car when he got in those. He was just so good, you just couldn't hang on to him very long. It was just amazing, and, uh, you know, try, you know, had to lose him last November. Hate that. But he's, I think uh, Ricky, Larry, and Eddie, all yeah, three are going to be there this weekend. So it's going to be great to see them back around the racetrack. And they've all had careers uh, in the sport also. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be sad to, to have a Southern 500 without without David there. Uh, he was He's a legend. Uh, and, and we were talking a little bit ago. I'm convinced that probably four or five years ago, David Pearson was pretty convinced he could sit in anybody's race car and go as fast as they were going <laughs> right then at that point in his life. Yeah. He was a, he was a cool guy, uh, full of confidence. Like he believed in himself a hundred percent. And, uh, he, he was a master, not just at Darlington, but period. I mean, he was unbelievably, he was great. Well, I'm not ready to, I wasn't going to go tell him he was wrong. No, <laughs> so, no, so. no, no. You <laughs> no, right. had to prove it to me that, and, and, he really believed that. And how many polls did he win in a row for oh. Wood Brothers at Charlotte? I mean, God, Crazy. like 12 or something like that. All right, I'm going to put you all on the spot. 500 miles, one of the toughest tracks, if not the toughest track. Starts 90 degrees, runs into the night. Who's your pick? Who's your favorite? Denny Hamlin, Sweets the Weekend, wins the Xfinity race and wins the Cup race. Yeah. Seen I, him do it there yeah, before, yeah, DJ. I, I'm going Denny Hamlin. He's the hot man right now. I think he is on pace. He has the championship and, and that trophy set in his mind right now. He's won Daytona already, and he's having a tremendous year adding another Southern 500. I believe he does that. I'm going for the Cinderella story. I'm going to go with William Byron. We'll see if it can end up. Wow. One more name. Clint Boyer, Jimmy Johnson. Are they still below the cut line when we leave Darlington? I think Boyer gets his way up into it. Uh, who wants it? Because they got to quit making mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll do it for us today on NASCAR America. Check out the return of Glory Road right here on NBCSN tomorrow at 6 Eastern. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.